Friday from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606. Good morning. It is 40 degrees in downtown Boise. It's a Tuesday. It is going to be very, very busy. We've got lots going on today. It's going to be dialed back a little bit on uh, the yelling scale today because Nate Shellman is not here. Filling in uh, for Nate Shellman, uh, who was filling in for Chris Walton, who was filling in, uh, no, who was filling in for Rick Worthington, who was filling in for uh, Chris Walton yesterday. Did I get that right? No. Yeah, I think you got that all jacked up, but good try. Yeah. Good try. So, Hi there, Mike. Uh, we were we were down to the last person on the bench to fill in yesterday, basically, and uh, Nate uh, filled in. Thank you to Nate. Uh, Rick is back, and that means Chris Walton still out sick again today. So thanks for uh, getting back here and uh, filling in with me this morning. You're welcome. Lynn. I look forward to a little yes, ye- less yelling and screaming. <laughs> well, I <laughs> I hope that will be the case, Mike. <laughs> uh, I, I think you'd have a, Nathaniel, our producer, would even agree. There was a lot of screaming going on in this. What this was room the deal yesterday. with Nate yelling yesterday? Was he just was he amped up on part of Starbucks? Was, part of it was he had had a quart of uh, black coffee, uh, yeah. and I think by the time that kicked in. That caused some yelling and screaming. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So things we'll be talking about today. You 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 picked a good day to be here because it's going to be there's a lot going on. There, it's going to be so busy uh, today on the show. This is one of those days. Occasionally they happen that um, we could literally probably do a six hour show if we could cram that into four hours. Um, so what we're still talking about supposedly president is supposed to announce that he is running for election today we'll talk more about that um supposedly he's not going to do that live because as we all know he can't really speak live so um that's going to be in a recorded video sometime today that he will uh announce his official run for president in 2024 even though 70 percent of people say that they don't want biden that's the latest poll 70 percent. i have some thoughts on this today mike we gotta we'll have to circle back to it but i have some thoughts uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, also coming up, Ammon Bundy is in the news again. Why? He's not really in the news. Oh, he no, thinks he, he's in the news, he's, but he's, he's not in, really in the news. He's in the news. We have uh, audio from uh, the police. Now, he, he is claiming, and he was on with uh, Big Jim, who was filling in for Nate Shellman yesterday, because Nate Shellman filled in on this show. Right. Um, and he got a chance to talk with Ammon Bundy yesterday and uh, in, in what's going on with St. Luke's, the lawsuit, and the process of trying to file process papers with Ammon Bundy by the sheriff, Jim County Sheriff. Jim County Sheriff said that they feared violence. Ammon Bundy said that's not true. Um, however, we have some police um, video from the uh, police video cam. Um, showing that he he was rather very agitated in uh, the latest process hmm. filing uh, as police tried to do their job and come on his property. But uh, if you want to hear the whole interview, it's on the Nate Shelman podcast. You can hear it's it's a fairly long interview and also took questions um, from uh, listeners. But you can check that out kboi.com. Nate Shelman, although it's Big Jim who filled in yesterday, he interviewed Nate Sh- or interviewed uh, Ammon Bundy. So you can hear that. We've got we've got a little bit of what Ammon Bundy had to say yesterday what about for the people that don't care at all what ammon bundy ever has to say 
I mean, can we can we cater to those people occasionally and just not talk about that clown? Yeah, we haven't talked about him in uh, probably. Well, we didn't talk about him at all yesterday. We I think that's a great him. policy. Just not talk about him. Well, there's, make him go there, away. There's another. Th- well, he's not going away. That would be nice, though. The court case is still going on. Court case is not done, so he's not going away. You know, I have such a different view on this from the news department because the case where he doesn't show up and continues to defy the orders of judges and it's just much ado about nothing. It's like, well, Ammon Bundy decided not to do anything with his court case again. It's just there's nothing happening here. It's not really news. Well, if it's not news, how come everybody reports on it? You know, Idaho that, Statesman, that, Idaho that's, Press. That's a fair Idaho question. Dispatch, that's a fair KBOI, question. TV. Yeah, it's if a it's fair not, question. But there's nothing happening there. Well, They're reporting on the there's nothing happening yet. Well, that's not exactly I don't, true. I don't really look at that and say this is news at all. That's not exactly true. And by the way, Ammon Bundy isn't an elected official. He's just some clown that defies the court again and again. Now, that's true. Yeah, I just, I'd rather not bring the circus tent to the program, but it's your show. And so I'm going to let it happen. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if people, if Which you kind of makes you a clown, Mike, if you but feel like Rick, there is a thing on your radio channel that is called a <laughs> <Nathaniel>. dial <laughs> that you can change to another radio station and listen to music if you, if you would, would like. I mean, I mean, because that's what we talk about is the news and what's going just, on here. We could talk about something else. Oh, didn't you hear um, all the stuff we are going to be talking about today? Yeah, there's a lot there. And that's that's not even uh, all of it. Um, yesterday, as we were leaving the show yesterday, shocking news that uh, Tucker Carlson, um, surprisingly out, that came at the end of our show yesterday. And then shortly after that, Don Lemon at CNN after 17 years was also fired too. Very high profile uh talking heads out at two different networks as of yesterday hmm. uh to give you an idea tucker carlson leaving um we still don't know exactly what was in that and tucker carlson claims he does he didn't know it was going to happen until 10 minutes before it happened we don't know if it has to do with fox having to save money because of the dominion you know lawsuit whether they settled 787 million dollars but here's the thing tucker carlson is the highest not just the highest rated primetime host on Fox, he's the highest rated primetime host, period. The only thing that beats him is occasional sports shows on cable. And he, yesterday, with that announcement, Fox News lost $690 million in market caps uh, space yesterday Mm -hmm. um, from stock sell-off. I wonder if that was part of the Dominion settlement. That they, they had to fire? You got to fire Tucker Carlson. We'll take, you know, a billion less dollars, but you got to fire this guy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and the same with Don Lemon. Don't know why um, he was let go after 17 years. Um, a lot of people are, you know, saying why they think it happened. We've got somebody that's going to be on with us. Aaron Solomon, Chief Legal Analyst uh, for Esquire Digital. Um, who helps law firms grow and scale their businesses, um, will be on with us this morning. He's been on Fortune, NBC, um, ABC, ESPN, talks about what Car- Tucker Carlson's departure means, um, and specifically about the upcoming suit, because they're not done with suits yet. Mm-mm. 
Smartmatic still has a suit, and they said they will not settle for one penny less than what they settled. Dominion settled for. Wow. So if that's the case, I mean, they're selling for two point six billion, I think. <laughs> but there's another. I mean, combined, if they settle out of court on this one too, um, you're talking almost one point eight billion dollars that Fox has got to come up with. Now, keep in mind, Fox may not have that money. Rupert Murdoch's worth over twenty billion dollars. True. So he he has that money. I mean, Fox isn't going to go away because of this because, like I said, Rupert Murdoch has a lot of money. Right. Well, but, I wonder where Tucker Carlson will end up. And on the other hand, I really don't care where he ends up. But, <laughs> well, man. you don't, but a lot of people do because they watch him, you know, obviously based on the ratings. For all the, you know, wonderful information that he brings. I'd love to have 36 Million people watching our show or listening to our show. Yeah, that'd be that's awesome. how how many people he had nightly listening. So a lot, sure of, a lot of a lot of people um, listen to his show. We'll talk about that and more. Our phone lines, of course, are open this morning at two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us right now. A first check on what's going on with sports this morning. Rick Worthington is here. It's brought to you by our good friend Pork Belly in Cuna. Chef Wally already there as he is every morning at this time, making up his batch of deliciousness. Uh, everything made up from scratch. Once again, two people sitting here who probably could go without a chicken fried steak. But, man, if we go there, that's what we're getting because it's the best chicken fried steak. You just made a fat joke on me this early in the morning. I didn't need that. I didn't say you needed it. <laughs> I'm not saying I would say no to it. <laughs> All right, sports news. It's a big one. Former Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets. Wow. Adam Schefter broke the news. The Green Bay Packers and New York Jets finally, officially, have a trade agreement in place that will send Aaron Rodgers to the Jets in a trade that involves six draft picks, starting with Thursday night when the two teams are flipping picks. The Green Bay Packers go from number 15 to number 13. The Jets go from 13 to 15. And then on Friday night, the Packers will have the first of the Jets' two second-round draft picks, number 42, to go pursue more help to surround their new quarterback, Jordan Love. Do you feel like the Jets got a pretty good deal on this? Because it looks to me like they got an all-pro quarterback that's only one year removed from being an MVP and... uh Yes, yes and no. Hmm. He, he is old, and he has talked about retiring already, so it's like, it depends on it. If he plays for five more years, okay. Sure. Probably, if he pays, plays for one or two more years, or if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, probably not a good That's trade. That's fair. Yeah. KBOI News Time is 617. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624 uh, Dow Futures, down 74 points as of right now. We'll uh, get an update on what's going on. As it uh, looks like all three, everything's in the red this morning once again. Uh, looking like we're not going to get off to a great start. Jeremiah Bates will talk with us here in about half an hour. Give us the update, uh, or about an hour from right now. Give us an update on what's going on with the markets this week. Also, a reminder, coming up this Friday, uh, another Casper and Chris hometown <gasps> breakfast. There is? Yep. Brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We're in yeah. Nampa this week. Hey, Nampons. We're coming your way. You can join us. We're going to be at Bob's Restaurant 
And uh, that's right next to the Shiloh Inn, just off I-84, so easy to get to uh, from anywhere. You can join us. Uh, happy Jack Cats. You've got uh, all sorts of different types of food. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Also a sweet deal coming up uh, Friday morning at 9 o'clock from Bob's Restaurant. Also joins Bob's uh, there right now. If you bring kitty food, cat litter, cat toys, blankets, you can get a free soda or 5% off your meal as they are helping uh, to uh, raise not just money but uh, products. Or people and their cats this weekend. So once again, you'll be able to do that coming up here on Friday morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through uh, coming your way this morning. Uh, a couple of uh, text messages in already. Says, uh, morning, men. By the way, Rick, oh, man. Rick Worthington here we go. are filling in for Chris Walton today. Chris is out sick. Uh, says, Biden is still senile. On top of that, he's a clown, and we are being played as his circus. That's Billy and Fruitland. Another text message. Um, it's interesting. The thing with uh, Tucker Carlson is a disaster for Fox. Tucker is my anchor for Fox News in a sense that I watch him first and then hang around to see everyone else. That won't be happening now. Well, and that yeah, did, a lot of people are going to feel that way. Possibly why you saw such a big drop in the stock yesterday, causing a loss of over $600 million in market capitalization. So. Mm-hmm. You know, poor Rupert Murdoch. I mean, good grief. That's... Well, it's definitely, you know, the stock price is going to go back up when they find a way to fill that slot, you know. Mm-hmm. And Tucker Carlson's going to land on his feet somewhere. He's going to get a great deal with someone. It's going to hurt ratings for Fox temporarily. I think that audience is going to come back to them because it's Fox and everything that Fox does. It'll be interesting to see if that does uh, does happen cuz like I said I honestly believe that has everything to do with the Dominion lawsuit. I think it has everything to do. I think that's a settlement because there's no reason any network takes their best talent and fires them when nothing has happened that makes it so they should have been fired. Unless there is something. I mean yeah, it, but I don't think with Tucker Carlson you could bury something like that if there was like a sexual harassment lawsuit or something along those lines, which well, is really the only thing I, I I see Fox saying. Okay, we have to we have to we have to cut rid. ties for that. that. You don't take your number one talent off the air for no reason. That that's and that's kind of my point in in talking about this is you don't take your number one, not just the your number one talent, but the number one talent in primetime mm-hmm. cable television uh, over everybody. He, he get, has like 3.6, you know, up to 3.6 million viewers right. a night. Now, I'm, so I'm th- not a- that's, that's the reason why I think I'm wondering if there is something else and not just the Dominion because they have to save money because you're getting rid of your number one income producer at a time when you have yeah. another lawsuit that could cost you up to yeah. $2.6 billion. Yeah. I am not a huge fan of Tucker Carlson, as you can imagine. Uh, I don't believe that everything he puts on his show is legitimately news, but that, that's not for me to say. My opinion is my opinion. But I don't understand why Fox would take, just from a, a business perspective, you don't take your number one talent and See, cast and that, him aside and that, for and, no reason. And I think the same the same thing, but not, and that's why I... I kind of disagree with you on the fact that you don't take your number one 
money producing person and take him off the air when you need money. That's why this, that's why I wonder if there is something else here that we don't know about yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sure. We'll talk more about it. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Also, uh, President Biden expect to make an announcement that he's going to be running for president. Surprise! Talk more about that too coming up. And Shapiro this afternoon at one. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, 208, 336, 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Kind of bad news for uh, news departments, including uh, you, Rick Worthington, and other news departments who had. Soon, Idaho Supreme Court yesterday rejected a request by 30 news organizations to lift the uh, lift the gag order on the criminal case of the man accused of stabbing four University of Idaho uh-huh. students to death. Be the Brian Koberger case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a loss for us in the newsroom. We firmly believe that we have the right to question people and. Um, the gag order definitely keeps us from talking to a lot of people that are tied yeah. to the case, and it's hard to report on anything when we're not able to get any information. The judge uh, wrote, balancing the act between the First Amendment protections afforded to the press and the Sixth Amendment fair trial rights promised to defendants became incre- increasingly difficult with the advent of the Internet and social media. So... Judge is well within his rights to do what he did. Yep. And um, Unfortunately. Where we, I might not agree with it in terms of what it does for me and my job. I certainly understand what they're trying to do, which is protect the case and get a, a uh, guilty verdict against somebody who they believe very strongly is guilty of committing all these murders. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that, and we've seen this with a lot of news stories, you know, in a in a... The story isn't going to exist in a vacuum just because there's no news allowed to come out. There's a gag order. Nobody's that doesn't allow companies and news organizations from posting news stories based on what they think. Sure. Unfortunately, instead of being based on facts and things that might be coming out in the court case. So um, you'll be you'll be expecting to see a lot of that as you already have. If you follow along on some of the news organizations, you know assertions, opinions, things they think might be happening because there is a complete gag order on everybody. But that was uh, placed as of yesterday. The gag order will continue um, throughout the trial. It is 644. Time for a, uh, another check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. Don't forget, breakfast, lunch, open every day, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., 15 minutes from now. You get on out, get a great breakfast. Don't forget their drive through coffee. If you don't want to get out of your car, you just drive through their drive-through hot coffee, flavored coffee, iced coffee, whatever you want. You can get it through their drive-through, drive-through at Pork Belly and Cuna. So we had a couple of NBA games last night. It was the Los Angeles Lakers who defeated the Memphis Grizzlies. That one went to overtime. The Lakers win by a score one seventeen to one eleven. Milwaukee, I uh, man, I thought they were going to win this game. They lost. Miami came back and won one nineteen to one fourteen. Uh, by the way, the Lakers lead their series three games to one. Miami also leads their series three games to one. Sets up games for tonight. You've got three of them. Atlanta is at Boston, Minnesota at Denver, and the L.A. Clippers will play at Phoenix tonight. Uh, also want to touch on what's going on with 
Boise State in beach volleyball. The beach volleyball team came just up a little bit short in their conference championship. With more on that, we check in with Bob Beeler. The Bronco Beach Volleyball team lost to the number one seed and host Texas A&M Corpus Christi 3-1 to in the championship match at the Southland Conference Championship. Boise State reached the finals with a 3-2 come-from-behind win over New Orleans earlier in the day. The team finishes the season with a school record 25 wins against just 10 losses. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 646. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. No, 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 not Chris Walton. Rick Worthington filling in for Chris Walton, who was out sick again uh, today. So if you're going to email us, don't email Chris. Just email Mike at KBOI.com. On the way in the coming hour, uh, President Biden officially has made his announcement. He will be running in 2024. Uh, we'll get to that announcement. We'll talk a little bit about your thoughts uh, once again, especially based on the NBC poll that uh, came out uh, claiming that they don't want to see 71% don't want to see Biden run for president. 51% of Democrats don't want Biden running for president. We'll talk more about that. Uh, you'll hear his announcement. It was on video. Didn't do it live. Uh, that'll be coming up here next hour. Also, after the top of the hour, we'll talk a little bit about firing of Tucker Carlson yesterday. And then just moments after that, CNN fired Don Lemon. Now, this is on top of uh, last week. Now, he didn't get fired. Dan Bongino, who you hear after us every morning, um, was uh, basically couldn't come to an agreement on a new contract. So Dan Bongino is out at Fox as well. So that is uh, two people out at Fox, Don Lemon out at CNN. Do they have any connection? Who knows? Aaron Solomon, chief legal analyst for Esquire Digital, will be with us to talk about uh, his thoughts on what happened and why coming up here after news at the top of the hour. Also on the way, after 8 o'clock, another chance for an R&R barbecue $50 gift certificate. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty. For all your real estate needs, call today. They can help you out. 208-888-4128. Our question today, there is one person and one person only that has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that's not actually on the walk, the sidewalk. One person whose Hollywood Walk of Fame star is not located on the sidewalk. You're doing good, Mike. Keep going, man. There's a specific reason why it's not located on the sidewalk. If you know who that is, stick around after 8 o'clock. We've got a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, and you can win. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regions Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, for years we've seen headlines and have heard advice suggesting that moderate drinking, like maybe a glass of wine with dinner, might be good for us. But now, hearing a different take on that advice, can you kind of fill in the blanks for us? I mean, there have been studies in the past which suggested people who drink a moderate amount of alcohol, which, you know, was a drink a day for a woman, two or fewer for a man, um, could actually have some relative benefits for certain medical conditions, things like cardiovascular disease, compared to people who completely abstain. But there's a new and pretty powerful study which tells a little bit of a different story. What exactly is, is the new story? 
Yeah, I mean, really at, at the highest level, it's that drinking low amounts of alcohol does not particularly have any health benefits. So why now would we pay more attention to the research than the pro-moderate drinking studies that had been done that we were following previously? Yeah, I'm sorry to deliver the bad news for those of you that enjoy a drink now and then, but the reality is there are three, at least three good reasons to take it seriously. First, this was a big study. There was about 5 million participants, so it gives it what we call power, kind of statistically speaking. The next is that it was peer-reviewed and published in one of the preeminent medical journals, the Journal of American Medical Association. And finally, it looked at all-cause mortality rather than just deaths by a particular condition um, when the study was analyzed. We have uh, frequently talked about how challenging it can be for us to consistently get a good night's sleep, and we all know the grogginess that follows a night of tossing and turning. But a new report suggests for some people, lack of high-quality sleep can be a real problem. Please explain that. Yeah, so a new study found that people with poor sleep quality and a genetic link to asthma may actually double their chances of being diagnosed with asthma itself. And why would that be? Well, sleep disorders, things like insomnia or just not getting enough sleep um, are associated with chronic inflammation. And that what the research suggests is that our immune system, our immune response generates inflammatory proteins, we call them cytokines, which can result in airway inflammation that then further increases our risk of asthma. Is there anything a person with a genetic link to asthma can do to improve their odds or of, uh, of preventing or of uh, delaying onset? Yeah, I mean, for sure. So spotting or treating sleep disorders might, in fact, lessen the risks, regardless of your genetic predisposition for asthma. And that further studies also found that healthy sleep patterns themselves can reduce the risk of asthma who those, in those who actually have a high genetic risk, up to 40%. That is the KBY Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton is out. Rick Worthington filling in uh, today again, 10 minutes after 7 on the phone line with us. Uh, Aaron Solomon, Chief Legal Analyst for Esquire Digital, uh, regularly writes and comments uh, for Fortune, NBC Bay Area, NBC TV, Los Angeles, ESPN, and more uh, to talk about uh, the... I don't Can we call them firings of Tucker Carlson? I know Don Lemon was fired. Um, thanks for being with us uh, to talk about this a little bit uh, this morning, because we have questions, Aaron. Well, hopefully I have answers. Thanks for having me. If my voice disappears, it's because I've been doing this nonstop for the last 24 hours. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. All right, um, let's, let's first find out. Um, Tucker Carlson, fired or not, did he decide to leave? fired. They made him dress up in his little suit, go to the office yesterday morning, and he was told that Friday was his last show. So, fired. Okay, and do we know the reason why? Because this seems like it flies in the face of where the Dominion lawsuit was settled last week for $687 million, and it it seems weird that you would fire not only the, the top talk show host on your network, but the top um, cable talk show host, period, who brings in a lot of money for Fox, it seems 
almost incongruent with, with wanting to make more money to help pay for that. And it got worse as the day went on, and Fox took an $800 million hit to their market cap because of the firing. That said, it's Tuesday morning, super early for you guys uh, at KBOI, um, and for the rest of us a little bit later. We're not going to know things until later today, tomorrow, Thursday, who knows when. But this was the last straw. The totality of these straws, I think, are going to make themselves known as the week goes on. I don't believe that Tucker Carlson was fired as retrospective thoughts by the Murdoch family because of the Dominion settlement and what needs to be the forthcoming Smartmatic settlement. Smartmatic said last week that they won't accept a dollar less than Dominion got. So those two settlements combined equal around $1.6 billion, which equal Fox's total profit from last year. Can't Fox retake some of that money, though, as somebody takes that spot that Tucker Carlson leaves? I mean, it's it's a direct hit, certainly for Fox now, but it is something that they could recapture later, right? Well, Fox has also showed that they're very good at reimagining what journalism is. So we know that the three people on in the evening in Fox, it was Carlson and Hannity and Ingram, you know, really tread that line between entertainment, celebrity and journalism. Fox has been really good about plugging people into these time slots that win the slot by a landslide. So, yeah, I have full confidence that Fox can reimagine what they're doing, what constraints they're going to need to work under because of the lawsuits and because of what at least the plaintiffs in these case hope is redefining a new law of the land. We'll see. So Dan Bongino announced last week that Fox and he could not come to an agreement for a new deal. So he is also out. Um, does anybody else have to be looking at their shoulder? Is this just the first of uh, what could be a few people and cost-cutting measures to uh, come up with money to pay off what could be, we already know, one suit and possibly another suit settlement with Smartmatic? Yes. Uh, anybody who we can look at and say that they are a mix of entertainer, journalist, and celebrity should be looking over their shoulder, particularly when, like, you know, Carlson was making, by the best accounts, around $30 million a year when they are being paid a lot of money. And I know the argument can be made that he brings in a lot of money as well. I think all of these people should be looking over their shoulder and asking, does this network have a future for people who deliver news stories like I do? Isn't it fair to say they're not journalists at all? They're just entertainers? I mean, can we clarify? Well, they're not really journalists at all. Yeah, period. Fact, the way that I thought things were going to go, I didn't think that Carlson was going to be fired. What I actually thought was going to happen was Fox was going to make it very clear to their constituency that, look, during the day, we're going to endeavor to be as fair and balanced as possible, delivering real news. Whether you like Fox or not, if you listen to Fox or watch them during the day, they do a pretty decent job on a lot of news stories, often better than the competition. And then Fox News should say, but come on, let's be honest. In the evening, it's a free-for-all. In the evening, we have entertainers who give their take on news-related stories. Thank you, And yes. what you get is what you get. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, mo- moments after it was announced that Tucker Carlson was uh, out yesterday, it was also announced by CNN that after 17 years, Don Lemon was also uh, out. Um, are any of these, are, are they connected in any way, do you think? Uh, they're definitely connected. Now, they're not connected in the way that some you know, social media conspiracy theorists think that the two networks had planned the announcement and planned the firings. No. 
But I think they're connected in the fact that you have two people who really weren't fitting their roles anymore. Don Lemon was moved from the evening to the morning. Don Lemon is a journalist who for years and years really was able to succeed only by himself. And he was put into a situation by CNN that I think they knew he was bound for failure, Mm -hmm. uh, which he did. Uh, He didn't play well with others in the morning. And I think that was no surprise that Don Lemon was let go as well. The circumstances around his firing is right now, he said, he said, uh, as Don Lemon said, he wasn't even given a chance to talk to CNN about it. CNN said immediately after the firing that that wasn't true. Hmm. Um, just before we let you go, well, one more question. Uh, it was announced that both Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson hiring the same lawyer, Brian Friedman, a uh, very famous lawyer who has represented uh, Megyn Kelly, got her a $10 million settlement. Uh, also, uh, Chris Cuomo uh, got him a $125 million settlement. Is this a good, new, uh, a good move for them? It doesn't sound like it is, you know, just in first glance, no matter how successful a lawyer he is. Plus, the most recent things that I've heard is that Tucker Carlson, while he was fired, is basically being paid out. So I'm not even sure what Tucker Carlson needs a lawyer for. I'm not, I'm not really sure. We'll see. That's again, we're going to get a lot more information on this the rest of the week. Mm. Aaron Solomon, once again, Chief Legal Analyst for Esquire Digital. Thanks for uh, taking a few minutes, kind of explaining us and walking through this. Much appreciated. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you. KBY Newstime, 717. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Talk about uh, your money uh, across the board, pretty much. Stock market, Dow, NASDAQ, and there's a lot of red on the board this morning. Uh, Dow is down about uh, 60 points, 59 points on the NASDAQ uh, ahead of the opening here. What I want to talk about today, though, is bed, bath, and board to tears. That's that's what I call it, bed, bath, and beyond. So I, I saw this news yesterday, and uh, I, I saw that they're filing for bankruptcy, and I immediately thought, okay, no big deal. They'll reorganize. And then as I got to looking into it, it's like, no, they're done. They're not reorganizing, filing bankruptcy to reorganize. They're done. Like gift cards and um, gift certificates can be used until May 8th. That's it. Um, coupons are done as of today. And uh, the sales, big sales will begin uh, probably about next week. What happened? Yeah, I mean, you can look at a number of things. You know, if you look at Bed Bath and Beyond, they were really on their deathbed. If you go back to the early start of 2022, and they really strove, strived to get efforts, tried to get investor dollars in there, tried to cut costs, tried to close certain stores, and then their their last stand was essentially holiday season of last year, 2022, and they did largely beat expectations. Like they were holding up. There was a you know a sliver of hope that they could make it out of this and potentially get some more investment and avoid this what seemed like an inevitable uh, failure on Bed Bath & Beyond. But long story short, over the past years, they just had more and more competition. And you look at these other retailers, online retailers like Amazon. You look at Target. You look at Walmart. 
they there was just more competition and Bed Bath Bed Bath and Beyond just couldn't hold up. And then you just look at the the change in management that's happened over the few years, the disruptions that were there. Right. I mean, it's like it's just a number. Like you can't point it to one thing. Like you look at other famous bankruptcies. Like you look look at Circuit City back in the day when they were dealing with competition with Best Buy, and then again the online space just coming into fruition. So so let me ask d- you uh, the other side of this, and, and this is what where I had some questions. Um, this was one of the popular meme stocks that people were buying, even though the company was trouble and it was kind of holding up the stock. Um, all those people, they, they're going to lose a buttload of money, right? Yeah, I mean, it, bottom line is if you are a holder of Bed Bath & Beyond stock, there is a, I mean, uh, <laughs> unless there's a unexpected, I mean, purchase of this company, which I think is... I mean, we, we could see it happen. We've seen wilder stuff happen before. You're likely going to take a loss. But no, you're absolutely right. In this meme stock mania, Bed Bath & Beyond was one of the darlings because when you have these larger head funds and they're shorting a stock, essentially, they profit off of companies failing. I mean, and that was, st- okay, that was, that was my other question here. They, they profit off failing, but do they profit if they go away? What, what happens with the, all the stock, your short sellers now? Do they also lose money or do they make more money because the company goes away? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it kind of depends. But I mean, bottom line is if you're short selling, I mean, so <laughs> you basically borrowed that stock from somebody, right? So That's somebody had the, yeah, so somebody had to own that stock. So hopefully whoever <laughs> they actually own that stock and they weren't using that stock on margin, right? So long story short, if you were short, no pun intended, if you were a short sailor, for Bed Bath and Beyond, you're li- you're largely going to come out on top on this. You're largely going to be profitable if you were just a holder um, of Bed Bath and Beyond stock, meaning you were long, like you were hoping that it was going. You're buying it at a discounted price, and maybe it would rebound. Yeah, you're you're going to take a bit of a punch in the gut here because it's just a it's a failing company. And it, now right. this news came out with with the bankruptcy. You saw that you saw that stock fail. I mean, just crater, just completely trounced. So sad to see. I mean, I was a fed, fan of Bed Bath and Beyond. I always got a kind of a happy feeling walking into the store. It always smelled nice. You know, the layout was good. So I mean, kind well, of kind of a bummer in my opinion that it, that it's going under. Apparently, somebody's wife is listening to you on the phone this morning as you're talking to us. So <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah. Looking like we're going to be order uh, opening up across the board in the red this morning. We'll keep an eye on that get an update in an hour and talk to you again tomorrow morning thanks a lot thanks thanks gents the great one mark levin tonight at seven now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi Seven forty-one. chris out sick again today rick worthington is uh, filling in morning it is official Earlier this morning, President Biden, in a video, didn't do it live, in a video, announced that he will be running for uh, the presidential election in 2024. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, 
I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans have faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. There's the official announcement uh, earlier this morning. Joe Biden announced he is running for re-election in 2024. He will be 82 years old when he uh, the next election comes up. He will be Man. 86 if he is elected as the next president. And I think that, no, I don't think that that's basically what, what the people that are claiming why they don't want him to run for president. Uh, recent uh, NBC News poll out, uh, we talked about yesterday morning, 71% of Americans don't want him to run. 51% of Democrats don't want him to run. And the number one reason is because um, his diminishing mental facil- faculties um, and his age. Well, I, I think Joe Biden had to announce that he was running for re-election, whether he really plans to run or not. Let me explain that real quick. How many presidents have we had that have decided not to run for a second election? There, there are a handful out mm-hmm. there, Carter being one of them. And you know what happens when you're not running again? Well, Carter, Carter ran. He just didn't win. I hear what you're yeah. saying. You become a lame duck president. You lose virtually all your political power because you're not coming back. And Democrats can't afford to do that. So you have to say you're running for re-election, whether you really are or not. And I'm I'm not saying that he won't by any means. I'm just saying that you could very well see him pull out before the election occurs if you can find another candidate that's strong. We'll talk more about this uh, here. If you want to talk about it, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, need to take a quick break and get a check on what's going on. Sports, one final time this morning, and it's brought to you by our friends at Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you want breakfast or lunch. They're open. They open up every morning at 7 a.m. You can uh, check out their menu. By the way, all new menu will be released very soon. You'll be able to check it out online at porkbellyidaho.com. All right, big news in the NFL is that Aaron Rodgers has been traded from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. Yeah, there are some draft picks involved. There are some things that are happening with this. Packers GM uh, spoke to the media after it was announced that Rodgers had been traded, and here's what he had to say. I have so much respect for for Aaron and, and the, not only the person but the player that he is, and, and there's so much gratitude in what he's done for this organization um, again, it would be it would have been nice to have those conversations, but at the same time, um, 
over the last few years, I kind of understood that that you know may not happen. Grumbling under his breath, I hate Aaron Rodgers. He was a big jerk. I can't stand him, and we're glad he's gone. But he didn't say that. Here's what he actually said. I know this. You know he'll you know he'll always be a Packer. You know what I mean? And um, he's uh, he'll want to be one of the best that ever have done it around here. And I have a lot of respect um, how he went about it. Um, and you know he'll be missed. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, players like that don't come around very often. Um, but at the same time, we're really excited where we're headed and what we're, you know, we're moving to do and, and, and wish him nothing but the best. Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and he is not Brett Favre, and the Green Bay Packers are in big trouble. Mike? Um, I, I have this for all of you um, Aaron Rodgers fans. Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Um, I have two kids who are huge Green Bay fans. Um, I, I think there was actual tears yesterday. And as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I am so glad Aaron Rodgers is gone because Aaron Rodgers has given Seattle nothing but problems over the last 10 years. Very, very true. NFL draft, by the way, starts yes. on Thursday. So I'm going to be very excited. I am. Yep. KBOI News Time is 747. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 753-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in this morning once again on the uh, announcement, it was expected. We talked a little bit about it yesterday because of the uh, NBC poll that came out. Do not want to see President Biden running again. And here's here's where I fall on this, because I look at, and I suggest you do this in your own life, how many family members do you have that are alive that are 86 years old, that are 80 years old for that matter? Mm-hmm. I have one grandparent out of six who lived to be 86 years old, one. My mother's 81 years old. She's still alive. My father's 75 years old. Uh, stepfather, he's still alive. Um, neither one of those could handle the rigors of running for president, let alone being president. And there's a veer, this is where, this is where I think a lot of people may be falling. And you don't like to think about this. There's a very real possibility that Joe Biden will not be alive by the time he's 86. I mean, it's just a, a fact of life because. At 86, there are not very many people who are still alive. You're right about that. It's sad but true. I'll buy that. So you're not really just voting for Joe Biden as president. You're also voting for Kamala Harris as president. Well, if she is his running mate. She showed up a lot in the uh, ad that he ran this morning and yeah, uh, his I, announcement. I would suspect she is. But yeah. I'm, I'm... And you and you may be right. We don't. I mean, there's a long time yet to go, and it could be that they say there's no way that you can win if she's going to be your vice president because everybody, like I just said, would view, hey, you're not voting for Joe Biden as president here because yeah, there's yeah. there's a more than fifty fifty chance that he's not going to outlive his presidency. I still say he had to say he was running for reelection just to save the next two years of his presidency. If he's not going to be a candidate. Again, the next two years, he's a lame duck president. Yeah. Nothing he could do while he's president over the next two years would matter because he wouldn't be returning. To a and certain, to a certain that's extent, that's how that works. Isn't he kind of a lame duck 
president because of what happened in the House? No, I don't think so. Because he can't he can't get anything passed that that the House. I mean, the House isn't going to pass well, anything that he wants. I understand to pass. what you're saying. My answer to your question is no. I don't think that is the case. But I understand the political implications right. of what happened in the House. By the way, um, he wouldn't be the first president. We mentioned this, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, who um, would not be seeking a, a second term. Lyndon B. Johnson, most the most recent president. James K. Polk, James Buchanan, Rutherford B. Hayes, Calvin Coolidge, and uh, uh, Harry S. Truman all did not choose to run for second terms. By the way, if you're, if you're thinking, because the other person right now, the two people that are presumptive are Biden and Trump. If Trump is elected, he also would not, be the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. Calvin or uh, Grover Cleveland also did it. So even though this could be a record-setting presidential election, um, both instances, you know, you've got an 86-year-old president and you have a president right now presumptive. A lot can change that wouldn't be running and winning the second two consecutive terms. So it wouldn't be the sure. first time that it ever happened. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Uh, the Banana Boat song, one of uh, Harry Belafonte's biggest hits. Sad news, you heard it in the uh, news top of the hour there, uh, Harry Bel- Belafonte passed away at the age of 96. Man. Not just a singer, civil rights activist, um, passing away at the age of 96. No cause of death, but we can guess. He was 96. He was 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten years older than what Biden would be if Biden is reelected. Fifteen years older than Mike Casper. Joe, Joe and, I, and notice I'm not running for president? That's why. Uh, Joe Biden, by the way, announcing officially that he will be running in 2024. He didn't, he didn't announce it live. He announced it in a video, which, by the way, there have been other presidents who have announced their re-election bid via video instead of, uh, you know, doing it live. Um, however, I think he could have done himself a lot of good by announcing it live because there are, you know, questions he doesn't meet with the press. When, when's the last time he had I mean, can we all get conference? over it? He said for the last two years since he was elected the first time that his intent was to run again. Every time somebody asks him, he says, it's my intent to run again. Yeah, it was official that he's running again, but we all knew he was going to. Why is this a big deal? Because he will be 86 years okay, old. I get that. I, I just the announcement itself is is what I'm saying. Um, I mean, we all we've known this since he was elected the first time. 
you have to know that there are people in his party saying, dude, look, you're going to be 82 when you, 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 we have better people that can, now I don't, I don't know if that's true. If anybody sat him down and said, look, here's, here's what we're looking at. The numbers are not good. Um, he is struggling. Yeah. I I mean, take a listen to some of the stuff. This is, this is him. See if you can understand what he's trying to talk about. Please this keep is, in mind that he also has a speech impediment, and it's this been a has problem nothing his entire to do with career. His speech impediment. Not just not just right away. It's not just because of his age. He does legitimately have a speech impediment. This was uh, a week ago when he was in Ireland. In a speech in Ireland, take a listen. See if you can understand what he's trying to uh, hold on here. I got too many things going. I got. I still wanted to play that, but I gotta get that up. It was like it's a song. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's Harry. It's him saying singing the banana, banana boat song. Uh, take a listen. This is a speech in Ireland when he he traveled there. Too long. Ireland has talked about in the past in the past tense. We tell old stories of days gone by. It's good to remember stories of Irish grit and genius, saints and scholars, poets and politicians. And in the face of it, they're good stories on its face. Let's face it. But, as the poet Boland wrote in her poem, Mother Ireland, she said, I've learned my name, I, rise up, I rose up, I remembered it. Now, now I could tell my story. It was different from the stories told about me. End of quote. <laughs> Once again, as he has done in the past, he reads the teleprompter where it says, end of quote, and he reads, end of quote. Not supposed to read the end of quote part. That's telling you that that's the end of quote. Um, last Late last week, um, in another speech, tried to spell the number eight. What you have, we have a thousand billionaires in America. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight, E-I-G-H percent. Eight percent. <laughs> <laughs> E-I-G-H, spelled eight. He forgot the T on that. Would, they, would this be a big problem if he was 50 years old? No, they, they, nobody would probably say anything. They, hey, they misspeak all the time. When you're 80 and you announce you're running for president again, that, that's where it starts to become people paying attention to it and go, I, all right, I is don't... this a sign that he has diminishing mental capacity? I, I believe he does have diminishing mental capacity. I, I do believe that. I do believe that he is showing his age a little more than Democrats would like him to show. And in fact, I think he's showing his age a lot more than most Americans, Republican, Democrat, or, or other, would like to see. I mean, he is the president of the United States right now. And we'd like to see him showing strong mental capacity all the time. It's going to be interesting. I mean, if this does come down, and we don't know. You and I were just talking off air about this. In the last two elections, um, in the last election, at this point in time, in the primary process, Joe Biden wasn't a top five contender for president no, at, at this time before the primary. No, he wasn't. In the election before that, Donald Trump was not a top ten contender for the GOP primary at this point so there's a lot that can change and may change between now and then as you mentioned we don't know for sure 
if Biden is is going to look at and say, hey, look, I can't win if people think that I'm too old and that Kamala Harris is going to be the next president. If I if I can't continue my term, people aren't going to vote for me just because they don't want her. And she has worse numbers than Biden and Biden doesn't have good numbers right now. That's true. Yeah, and that's so, absolutely so true. would would that be something you 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 don't see that very often? Where a president I'm trying to remember has that ever happened? Where a president running for a second term um, chose a different vice president? Off the top of my head, I can't I can't remember I if think that's ever Roosevelt happened. changed vice presidents during his one of okay. his three or four terms. Okay, um, in order to win the the popular election. Or the election overall, I think he changed right. vice presidents well, in order to to have a stronger. One of the things you mentioned yesterday day. when uh, Nate and I were talking about this, Kamala Harris was not Biden's choice for vice president. Well, he, he said he was going to put a woman. He said he was going to put a woman, but he was not. He did not want Kamala Harris. The only reason no, Kamala Harris was chosen is because the numbers worked out to help him win an election if he yeah. chose Kamala well, Harris. Well, that's that's politics in a nutshell, yeah. my man. Now, if that if the reverse is true now, 4 years later, and he looks at the numbers and says, "Look, she's a detriment to your campaign. You can't win with her." Do we see a change? I don't know. Wall Street Journal, by the way, not a bastion of conservative news conservative bias editorial boards said biden should not run in 2024 his decline is clear he is too old to run for re-election public understands what mr biden apparently won't admit the that electing an octogenarian in obvious decline for another four years could be a historic uh, mistake That's I, according to an op-ed by the Wall Street Journal. I think everybody is clear on that. I think Democrats understand the challenge they have by making Biden the guy. But just because Biden says he's running for re-election right now does not mean he will actually be running. Because by saying now I'm not running, you make yourself a lame duck president and you don't get anything done the next two years before re-election or the election of someone else. You have to say you're running if you want these next year and a half, two years to work for you as president right now. But, and I'll ask this question, I don't have an answer to it, I'll throw this out there. By announcing you're running, because, that, I mean, it would be hard to run against him, even as, as the incumbent, even at 82 years old, does that preclude a lot of more, or better challengers who could be, saying, look, I can win, but I'm not going to run against Biden because I can't win against Biden from entering the race. I don't know who that would be. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, by, does I, he, I see your Does point. he block other people and say, I'm not going to run against the incumbent because it would be, I, I, I'd be committing political suicide for the Democratic Party because I'm just messing things up if I decide to run. Democrats right now are very much out there searching for their next Barack Obama. Somebody that wasn't on anybody's radar. Because remember that campaign, uh, you know it was who? all Hillary. You know who? It was Hillary. Hillary. Bring back Hillary no, Clinton, ladies and gentlemen. I don't I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no, I don't please. think that'll happen, but I think you might see... I've heard Michelle Obama's name being thrown around. I I've heard that. I, and I've also heard her say there's no way she's... I just don't think she... She wants the headaches. I mean, you look at the attacks on her and she's not even Well, I mean, she absolutely saw what that was like yeah. from... Being first lady. I absolutely know that. 
308-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We will uh, take a break. If you want to talk more about this, uh, we'll talk about it after 9 a.m. Because coming up, we've got Bronco Sports today after the bottom of the hour. Uh, coming up after traffic and weather, we're going to get to our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Hang on. We've got a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. You can win coming up next. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. 838, Chris Walton is out today. Bob Beeler is with us. Bronco Tuesday, and uh, we're going to split up today because, man, uh, the other Olympic sports are having just... Uh, almost every single sport is having a fantastic year this year. We're going to start talking with golf, and then we're going to finish up with softball today. And we're pleased to welcome Max Charles, who had a great weekend in Provo at the Ping Cougar Classic. He won the whole tournament. Max, congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, you've won now three times. You've won a tournament in each of the three years that you've been here. So compare them. How how were each of the tournaments? Were you ahead in this one? Did you come from behind? How did you play, and how did it feel as, as I guess, a three-peater? I mean, this one definitely was on top of it all. It was a bit bit, uh, of a bigger event than the last two. Um, yeah, I was heading into the final round with a four-shot lead so and actually extended it, which was uh, a nice feeling. So um, you broke Troy Merritt's former school record. People know uh, Troy Merritt's name, number one, because he still makes his home in Meridian, Idaho, um, was also a great golfer at Boise State, and is on the PGA Tour. You broke his 54-hole uh, score in total strokes, uh, surpassing the 15-year mark by two strokes. How does it feel to do that, and what are the feelings when you sit there and look at how great a golfer he was for Boise State and what you just did breaking this 15-year-old record? Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. Uh, looking back at it, it's it's an honour to I don't know, hold hold the record. But one, he's still an unbelievable player, still on tour, making making plenty. So it's a it's a, a yeah. As I said, it's a privilege to hold the record now, and I'm excited for uh, what's to come. Max, you're from Melbourne, Australia, and you I believe went to school in Texas before coming here. We've had you on this show before. When you came to Boise State, what were your expectations? What did you think it was going to be like? And now as you're finishing up your, your senior year here, what did you think you got? Uh, I didn't really have any expectations. I knew nothing about Boise Idaho. Uh, never been this next to this side of the this side of the world. Um, so I didn't really have any expectations. But it's, uh, it's definitely got a soft spot in my heart. And I, I love this place and everyone around it. So it's... Uh, I'll definitely be back after I graduate, that's for sure. So as far as the uh, tournament, your I mean, we, we mentioned that you broke a 15-year mark. Um, also, your second-round score of 9-under-63 um, tied for the third lowest round in school history. Um, is this the best 54 holes that you've ever played in your life? <laughs> yeah, by, by a mile, that's for sure. I think it was just... So it was my week, and uh, everything sort of seemed to fall into place, which was kind of nice. This weekend, you and your teammates will be heading to Tucson for the Mountain West Championship. From a personal side, how do you continue this uh, torrid pace of golf down at uh, the Mountain West? Uh, I mean, just evaluating how I felt and all that sort of stuff with the uh, last event and sort of carrying it in. 
into this week. I mean, it's it's close, which is nice because I can hopefully continue the good form. But uh, yeah, we'll see what this week holds. So you're a fifth year senior, and this will probably be the last time, possibly, that we get a chance to talk to you. So I want to find out uh, a little bit about you personally. Um, uh, what, what are you graduating in, and what do you plan to do in the future? Uh, so I'm graduating in interdisciplinary studies. Uh, I'll be staying over here for the summer, turning professional and seeing seeing what comes of it. Uh, my visa actually expires in a couple of months, so I'll have to head home, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'll be giving the tour a try for a couple of years before so, uh, finding a job, if that's the case. So as you uh, join the tour, will you be joining the tour, you know, basically from Australia and be in, in Australian touring, or will you come back, try to come back to America? Uh, yeah, so I'll head home, um, probably try and get on the Australasian tour, and then uh, I'll probably come back next year or the year after for uh, Corn Ferry Q School. So give us an idea. How does it happen? How does somebody go from playing collegiate golf to getting on one of the tours? What do you, what do you need to do to qualify? Uh, it's, all, it's, it's all done through Q School. So there's, uh, for, well, for the Corn Ferry, for example, there's four stages that you have to make it through. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a process, but... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you or have you had a chance yet? I mean, Tro- Troy Merritt, uh, of course, lives here in Meridian when he's not uh, on the tour. Um, have you had a chance to talk to him and about the rigors of qualifying and all that stuff and being on the PGA and what it takes? Uh, no, not not yet. Um, I'm hoping, hoping we can catch up for a game or something soon enough. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I know he's a local, so. What about the the team heading to Mountain West? We talked about that coming up in Tucson. Have you guys played this course before? Is this a regular stop for the uh, Mountain West Championships? And uh, what are you guys going to need to do to finish in the money? Uh, so I've, I'm actually the only one that's played the course. Um, uh, we played we played here for the Mountain West two years ago. Um, we've got a bunch of new guys, which they've got great games. So um, I mean, we've, we've definitely got the potential. We haven't. I haven't proved that this year, so we're uh, we're working this week. But hopefully, everything falls into place. So, t- in, tell us what the course days. is like. What's what's going to be the keys to playing well there? Uh, I mean, it's it's a there's, there's a lot of good birdie opportunities. So, I think you can get yourself in in good spots in the fairways, and I mean, it's easy, easy said than done. But fairways and greens will, will get the job done. Max Charles, thanks for taking a couple minutes with us this morning. Um, good luck this coming weekend in Mountain West Championships. Love to uh, be talking about you next week, uh, winning two in a row. I don't want to jinx you or anything like that, but um, good luck next week personally, and also good luck to the team. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Max Charles, once again, uh, winner of the uh, BYU tournament this past weekend, the Ping Cougar Classic, on to the Mountain West Championships. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to switch gears. Um, we're going to be talking baseball, softball, rather, uh, and the, just an amazing year for the softball team. Uh, we'll talk about that. There's uh, going to be games being played coming up this weekend. We'll ter- tell you where the Boise State Broncos stand um, and how it looks going forward as we get ready to get into playoff season. We'll do that coming up here next on News Talk KBOI. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. 847, he's Bob Beeler, Mike Casper, and it is Bronco Tuesday where we talk about the other Olympic sports. And, uh, man, without 
fail, it seems like every other one of the sports uh, outside of basketball and uh, football all having just yeah. great seasons this year, which is just awesome for the, the spectators and fans. Yeah, and over 2,000 of them came out this past weekend to watch the softball team uh, make quick work of Utah State, winning uh, in uh, five innings all three games. Joining us, head coach Justin Schultz, his team 27-12 and 12 overall, 13-2 and two sitting atop the Mountain West. Justin, thanks for visiting with us this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on again. Well, let's talk about the the crowd. What does that do for the team? I mean, you had we were out there on Friday. You had a good crowd. It was cool and windy. And Saturday, I think, was the largest crowd of the of the weekend. Better than a thousand, I believe, out there. Almost a thousand. So, what is, what does it do when you got a full house? Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Starting with you being out there, Bob, uh, on uh, Friday. That was a blast doing the live show before the game. But um, our fan base has been amazing. The weather hasn't been the greatest to them, so. I think our numbers can get even better this weekend, but um, they've they've stuck with us even uh, rain or shine. You know, it always comes down to coaching when it uh, you have a team that is able to hit like this team. What is it that you have done to make this team such such good hitters? Uh, I don't I don't know how much I've done. They're they're all really really good hitters. I think we recruited well. Um, but I do think we preach uh, uh, tough at-bats every single time. We don't let them off the hook when they're maybe having a rough day or something like that. We're always challenging them to get better, and I really think that's uh, contributed to um, a lot of our success in the uh, batter's box this year. The long ball has been big for your team. I believe the other day I looked, maybe there's more that have seven now, but I thought there were seven players in your lineup with at least seven home runs. Tell us a little bit about the depth, because I would think if you're pitching against your team – there doesn't seem to be any breather spots. Yeah, I think that's why why we're having the uh, success and the numbers that we're putting up is, is strictly because we're so deep. And you see you see nine athletes every day in the starting lineup, but we've got people off the bench who can get it done as well. So when people might might be struggling or in a little bit of a slump, we can easily go to somebody off the bench and, and pick them up quickly. But we wear pitchers down. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of about our team is um, there's no easy outs in our lineup, so eventually that pitcher is going to make a mistake and somebody's going to make uh, her pay for it. Let's talk about one of those players. Uh, you had a player who recently uh, got the Barry Bonds treatment where they finally just <laughs> gave up and just started walking her. Talk about her. Yeah, Kelsey Hall. Um, she's uh, She's been a huge part of our uh, success, especially the last the last 20-plus games. Um, she's one, once again, we've got a great hitter behind her, Jordan Hutchins, who's been doing a great job. So she protects her. Um, but Kelsey was on a, a streak that I've never seen in my career before. I think she had reached base 18 of 19 times had wow. like seven home runs in that stretch. Um, so yeah, I would have probably walked her when she was seeing the ball that well. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that's corresponded in your run to the top of the mountain West, it appears your pitching has gotten a lot better that, uh, 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 me, Lindsey Wall-Jasper and uh, Taylor Cottle look like the two of them have really become a solid one-two punch for you. Yeah, absolutely. And we knew they were going to be good all along. We we struggled early on trying to figure out what was the right fit and what were the matchups and all of that, given some of our younger ones the opportunities. Um, but now that we're in three games a weekend, basically, we, we knew that Lindsey and Taylor were going to be ready to take on that load, and um, they've started to shine here in the second half. So Boise State is 13 and 2 in Mountain West play. Uh, San Diego comes in this weekend. They are 14 and 5. Um, if you're able to sweep, can you wrap up the Mountain West this weekend? Yeah, I believe if we take two out of three, we can, we can clinch the, 
uh, regular season championship. And I mean, that's the, the best thing about it is we're in the driver's seat. We control our own destiny. Uh, San Diego State's a great team, but I would much rather be in this position than we when than what we were in last year, kind of rooting for San Diego State to lose one down the road so we had a chance. All right, you got Friday at four, Saturday at four with San Diego State, and Sunday scheduled for noon. They have clearly been the best team along with you this year in the league. Both you guys, I think, are in the top fifty in the computer ranking. So, you know, tell us a little bit about them. What kind of matchup are we going to see? Yeah, I think they um, they're they're similar to us. They're pitching it really well right now. Uh, they got some big bats. I think they've got a little bit more speed than we do, and we've probably got a little bit more power than they do. Um, but it should be fun to kind of see uh, the chess match and see how uh, Coach Newman, who does a great job down there, kind of um, prepares her team and and utilizes her pieces this weekend. But it should be a fun game. I I don't anticipate um, us ending games in five. I would love to, but. I think this is going to be a dogfight all weekend. You also have a game on Wednesday at 4, kind of a tune-up non-conference game with Idaho State. Yeah, they. Um, I, I'm very competitive, and there's certain games that we, we mark on the calendar. Uh, UNLV was a series this year that I marked on the calendar because of what they did to us last year. Um, Idaho State beat us last year, and I, I have not forgot that. Our team hasn't forgot that. And so, yes, San Diego State's important this weekend, but um, we're, we're ready to kind of um, – play really good softball again on Wednesday and kind of take back that uh, in-state title. Take the fans here just real quickly um, through what it's going to take for you to get to the NCAAs. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to play consistent down the stretch. We've got seven more opportunities to impress the committee um, prior to our conference tournament. Um, and unfortunately this year, even if we win the regular season, it doesn't mean a guaranteed spot in that tournament. So um, I, I tell our athletes every single day, we're not playing anybody other than we're really just trying to build a resume for our, our postseason if, if for whatever reason something doesn't go our way in that, in that conference championship. You specifically um, played a uh, much tougher non-conference this year for that reason, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Um, and you look at some of the wins, we were able to beat Michigan, which I hope the committee looks at. Wichita State, we beat 8 nothing, um, who's in the top 25 right now. And so... Um, I would have liked to win a couple more of those tough ones, but we played well against Stanford, who's in the top 10. And so I think our, our resume is definitely in a much better spot than it was last year because uh, at least the committee knows who we are and what we can do against the top teams where last year I feel like it was a little bit of a mystery. Coach Justin Schultz, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Um, good luck this week and with the rest of the season. Um, and I'll just let everybody know, if you want to see some great softball action, you're looking at temperatures on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to be 80, 85, and 85 degrees. So um, perfect weather to get out and watch you guys this, this weekend. So good luck. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Hope to see everyone out there. KBOI News Time, 854. We'll take a break and finish things up. Coming up here next. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos. News Talk, KBOI. 856. Uh, Bob, what else do we have uh, going to be going on here? I know we don't have basketball. We don't have football. Again, uh, four games this week for softball, men's golf. As we talked to Max Charles, headed to Tucson for the Mountain West Championships. And uh, beach volleyball had their season finish yesterday, but they lost in the championship of the Southland to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the host team. 
They still got to the championship, yeah. which is still, like I said. Best, best record in school history. Yeah, all the teams this year. That, that's so cool. I mean, you know, when you have winners in every program, I mean, gymnastics did well this year. Beach volleyball did. Softball is doing great. Um, you had uh, golf w- w- winning that and, and easily winning. That you, you got a lot to talk about on Bronco Tuesday. So it's it's been great so far. We've got a few more weeks left of Bronco Tuesday. Thanks again. We'll take off uh, and uh, talk to you again next Next Tuesday, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.05, good morning, final hour of the show. Once again, Chris Walton is uh, out sick today. Rick Worthington is filling in. Thank you once again. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, quite a wide range of things that we have talked about this morning. Uh, we've talked about Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon both getting uh, fired yesterday, what it means, what we could be seeing. Um, big loss for uh, Fox News when it comes to stock price, as we mentioned yesterday, stock price loss about almost as much money as they lost in the Dominion lawsuit settlement. $678 million settlement for the Dominion lawsuit. They lost uh, about $660 million in uh, stock price yesterday after the announcement that uh, Tucker Carlson would be going away. Other thing that we have not got to, and I promise we were going to get to today, Ammon Bundy back in the uh, news, mm, defaulting on St. Luke's lawsuit. Weird. Ammon Bundy's in the news. After Ammon repeatedly failed to appear in court, judge entered a default order against him yesterday in the uh, suit filed by St. Luke's Health System, which essentially uh, could mean that Bundy has forfeited the case. I don't think it mean, it could mean I think that's what that means. Now I'm pretty sure it in means legalese. you're in big trouble. The order came uh, after a week of tension in the case. An Ada County judge issued a civil arrest warrant for Bundy, and the Idaho Supreme Court was asked to step in to compel the Jim County Sheriff's Office to serve legal papers to Bundy. Sheriff's Office has said it was going to refuse, indicating that doing so could endanger deputies and noting that Bundy was becoming more and more aggressive towards the civil process servers. However, uh, being after being told that that was their job, they then agreed, yes, that they would continue to serve papers whenever needed on not just Bundy, but anybody else in Jim County that was required to have papers served upon them. Well, that is the right answer. That yes. is what they're supposed to do. Fourth District Judge Lynn Norton issued the civil arrest warrant last Tuesday for contempt of court at the plaintiff's request and then issued the default judgment on Monday. That's yesterday. Idaho Rule 55 mandates that when one party has failed to plead or otherwise defend, the judge must enter such a default order, according to the Idaho State Bar Association. The order means that because the defense failed to participate in the litigation, the plaintiff's allegations will be taken as true, and the court will now move to the next step in the legal process by determining damages. St. Luke's attorney, Eric Stidham, said that the judge will hold a hearing to decide whether she or a jury would determine damages. They then hear evidence from our clients about the amount of damages they've suffered, about the amount of punitive damages that are appropriate. The judge also filed an order on Monday 
compelling Bundy and the defendants to do several things. Bundy must answer document requests made by St. Luke's May 8th and sit for deposition on by May 24th. Bundy's gubernatorial campaign committee, Ammon Bundy for governor, and his People's Right Network must also do the same, plus designated representative for the deposition by May 1st. Ammon Bundy doesn't want to take part in any of this, so it'll be interesting to see over the next month if he ignores another order by the judge to sit for deposition. He said he just wants to be done, doesn't want to fight, which now he's had the default judgment issued. Now, all of this yesterday... um, we haven't talked with M. Bundy in quite a while here on our station. Filling in, Nate Shulman filled in for uh, Chris Walton yesterday morning. So uh, Big Jim did the show, and Big Jim was able to get Ammon Bundy on the show yesterday. Uh, this is what Ammon had to say, uh, giving his thoughts on what is going on with his case. This was a portion of that interview yesterday. Uh, you know, I'd received a, uh, a dumpster full of papers, including, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been served in the last year. Uh, and, and many times by the sheriff's department, they've come up here and served me many, many times. Well, the difference of what happened a few weeks ago and threw this all off in the media is the sheriff's deputies, two of them came up here and they knocked on my door. I wasn't there. My kid told him I wasn't there and I wasn't there. It was actually in the shop. I didn't know, you know, he didn't know where I was at. But anyway, they start looking around the house, knocking on windows and they go into the other building, knocking on windows. They go to the shop. They start looking around, snooping around all around the back of my property, and then they come into the covered area of my shop, which is a storage area, come in there, and start looking and snooping around there. Well, when I finally saw them, I and saw them come into the covered area, I came out of the building, and I was pretty upset. It's like, what do you think you're doing? Like, I understand that you have a right to serve, but you don't have a right to go into my buildings and snoop around my entire property. No one, no law has allowed them to do that. Well, so I got pretty upset with them and told them to leave, and they left. And then Sheriff, uh, I talked to him the next uh, the next uh, Monday, which is just a few days. We had a conversation; it was pretty good. And he said, "You know what? I, I think I'm just going to try to stay out of it." That's what he told me. And I thought, well, that that sounds like a pretty good thing. I didn't say him say say anything to him. Well, the next day, I think it was, he writes that letter that says, hey, tensions are rising between the deputies and Ammon Bundy, so I'm just going to stay out of it. Well, it was his excuse to not serve me because I believe he didn't really want to serve me. He he understood what St. Luke's did, what Baby Cyrus and all of that, and he didn't really want to serve me. Well, so then what happens? St. Luke's and their big law firm sues the sheriff with the uh, uh, Idaho Supreme Court uh, with a writ of mandamus trying to force the sheriff trying to force the sheriff to uh, to serve me and the, I you know I'm just assuming at this point but the counties it has to be saying like how in the world are we going to they did not file those claims in Jim County where you live and where he uh, is the chief law enforcement authority no they filed they filed it with the, the Supreme Idaho. Court out of the Supreme Court, a writ, writ of mandamus, and the county was, I'm sure, going, look, we can't fight against this massive legal machine that St. Luke's has. It'll cost us way too much money, and they, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, I'm kind of speculating at this point, and finally the sheriff just two days later says, okay, okay, you know, raises his hand, uh, okay, I'll, fi- I'll serve him, I'll serve him, and everybody makes that news, 
And uh, then also the, the, you know, the media is all, oh, Ammon's being aggressive and threatening sheriffs and all of that. And it's all a bunch of lies. Not what happened. They came into my building on my property trying to serve me. I got upset like everybody else would that, that uh, you know, has private property or should. I got upset with them. I made it clear with the sheriff that I was upset with them. I told them not to come back up here. And then that's how it uh, escalated or that's how it escalated from there. So, uh, so at this point, so he has more documents that need to be served or... Well, St. Luke's is, I mean, they're, they're filing documents. I mean, you go to the docket, go to the, my, the, this case, go to icourts.org. Anybody's listened to, go to the docket. St. Luke's is filing almost every day. And we're talking about reams of paperwork every day. This is a complete abuse of the courts because they know they can overwhelm the courts and overwhelm anybody that tries to oppose them because they have the hundreds of millions of dollars to put into to their uh, their attorneys uh, to just crush anybody. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What I this don't understand is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Mike Casper. What I don't understand: if you're going to throw yourself on the mercy of the court and just say, "Hey, look, I'm not going to fight it," why don't you just go to court? Tell them. I, I mean, you're being required to appear in court. Just go to court and say, I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the court. I can't win this case. I realize I can't win this case. I think I'm right. I think you're wrong. But because there's so much money behind St. Luke's and whatever, like he just claimed, I can't win. So I throw myself on the mercy of the court. Just take whatever you're going to take and then be done with it instead of doing this back and forth and back and forth. And there are a couple contradictory statements. Um, number one, he keeps claiming, you know, police or the uh, Jim County sheriffs came on his personal property. He doesn't own that property. By his, by his own admission two weeks ago, and we told you about this, he, he said he sold the property. said he no longer owns the property. So you can't claim that it's your own personal property and at the same time claim that you don't own your own personal property. Which is it? Is it, did you really sell it or did you just say you sold it to have people not be able to take your land if you lose in the court case as part of the punitive damages? I don't know. But you claimed you didn't own the property. Well, he was clearly worried that there was an arrest coming, which is why he held a great big barbecue at the house last night. Mm-hmm. And invited, his, everybody to, friends there. invited everybody to come on out. We'll feed you a burger or whatever it was they were feeding him. By the way, and, then, and then to camp. Stay here. Stay here with us. I think he was afraid he was going to get arrested yesterday, which was far was not the truth. Uh, Gem County Police said we don't have, a, we weren't going out to arrest him. We weren't, you know, other than to serve papers, uh, weren't there. Another contradictory statement: Gem County Sheriff Donnie Wonder said that Bundy has been avoiding servers and has been confrontational when they succeed in contacting him. St. Luke's and Wonder said in a joint statement that they were concerned about the situation escalating and agreed Mr. Bundy poses a real threat of physical violence. We need to take a break here when we come back, um, you know, claiming that he, he is no threat and that the <laughs> Jim County Sheriff's, as you heard him there, says he thinks that he feels for him and takes his side and didn't want to have any part in uh, serving papers. And that's the reason why he didn't do it and not because they, they feared um, because of violence or anything like that. Um, we've actually got some body cam footage 
from Bundy process servicing incident um, that he talks about where he threatens, you know, them that they can't be on his property. Um, we're going to get to uh, that when we come back. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us. Don't forget, Chris is out today. So if you're going to email, email Mike at KBY.com. You can also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921, uh, Chris is out today sick. Rick Worthington filling in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Once again, talking about the uh, latest from Ammon Bundy, and I told you as we were uh, going to uh, break there that I was going to give you the uh, audio um, from the uh, body cam footage process-serving incident. Uh, Ammon basically shows just exactly how angry and how much of a temper that he has, even though he says that, you know, this hasn't been confrontational uh, with the people. But I'll let you take a listen and you decide. All right, sir. Bastard, get off my property and don't come back again. All right. I'm serious. You don't get to walk around here act like you own the damn place. I bought the place, not you. Yes, sir. Stay the hell off my property. Will do. Get the hell off my property. Stay off my property. No, I don't. You're on my property. Get the hell in your truck again. No. Get off of my property. myself in your own paperwork. Well, maybe okay? you ought to figure out what's going on. It's not my business. You have a good it rest of your, your day, okay? You made it by your business. Alright, you have a good rest of your day, alright? Don't come back. Once again, that's uh, from body cam footage of Gem County Sheriff's trying to uh, serve paperwork, court paperwork, uh, to Bundy. And kudos to the Gem County Sheriff because, I mean, they did a great job of de-escalating that. They just... They they wouldn't get into a back and forth. They just kept saying thank you. Just hey, we're here. Um, thank you. We're leaving right now. Get into there. They don't they don't confront him. They don't yell back and forth. I think they did a great job of uh, de-escalating that whole situation. I think they did the best they could. Yeah. Well, what a and I mean and they have the job. It, it is their job. They 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 do have to serve those papers. That's that's their job. Their court papers. They're required. No matter whether you believe Ammon Bundy and. Or not. I mean, there there are certain parts of this case where you just have to follow by the law. And, and Ammon Bundy may believe that, you know, that this isn't following the letter of the law, as as he states in various numerous 
times um, in talking. By the way, wanted to remind you, if you wanted to hear more, what I gave you um, of Ammon Bundy talking with Big Jim yesterday, by the way, just a portion of that. There was more to that. Um, he had him on for the show for about 30 minutes yesterday. So if you wanted to hear that, I also took some questions from listeners. If you want to hear the whole interview, um, you can go to KBOI.com and click on uh, the Nate Shelman Show podcast. Yes, Big Jim was filling in for Nate Shelman, but it is on his podcast. Or- or you could say it doesn't matter what Ammon Bundy says and not listen to it because it doesn't matter what Ammon Bundy says. Dude's a clown. He is an absolute clown show. Eric, Do yourself a favor and maybe don't listen to that. Eric writes in, says, thanks for replaying the clip from Ammon Bundy uh, with Big Jim. What Ammon sort of skipped over was that he originally said he wasn't there when the sheriff came to serve, but then suddenly showed up when he saw the officers looking on his property. Jim should have inquired about it. That's a critical point. Uh, the That's a provoking situation. They should not have been looking for him if they just met him with in the first place. He also explained how he told the sheriff's deputies to leave and not come back. There's clearly room to interpret that as a veiled threat, especially with his background and reputation. I have some empathy for this guy, but I'm so tired of him manipulating situations and trying to claim he's a victim. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. That's Eric's thoughts this morning. St. Luke's went after Ammon Bundy because he called his supporters to protest at the hospital who were harassing people that were trying to get in the hospital so that they had to lock down the hospital. They had to close the hospital for a time. People ha- and there were there was at least one ambulance who had to be taken to another location I mean, because they couldn't get in. That's remarkable that they would do that. And after he got called out for it by their lawyers, rightfully so, he and Diego Rodriguez decided to go hide. Diego did. He went out of the country for a while and is now not even living in Idaho. But Ammon has property here. So the hospital went after him. Or or does he? He said he sold that property. Well, maybe he did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's the job of the law enforcement to serve yeah, those papers that's sheriff's job they yeah they have to serve. Should be angry with them that's that's what happens when you do something dumb and he did 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon he's dumb. if you want to weigh in on that please feel free go ahead if you want to talk about president biden uh announcing that he is uh going to be running in 2024 here's what i want uh, i i suspect we have listeners who are 80 years old if you're 80 years old or older 80 years old or older, and you listen to our show, I want to hear from you. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you are 80 years old, heck, 79. Say you're close. (laughs) 79. If you are 79 and older, I want to hear from you this morning. Go ahead and give us a call. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on uh, on your Verizon Wireless. I have a question. That I want to ask each and every one of you. Go ahead and give us a call. We'll take a break. News coming up next. Back to your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 935, phone lines open 208-336-3700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to email us, you can email Mike at KBOI.com. Chris is out today. Rick Worthington filling in, so don't. Email Chris. Email Mike at KBOI.com. It's not Chris that's trashing Ammon Bundy. It would be me. 
It'll be me doing that today. You want to write in and talk about your thoughts Chris on Chris is way too Bundy? nice for this. Um, also want to hear from you if you are uh, 79 years old or older. Specific, I'd love to hear from you if you're 80. Um, and we have that. Larry in Garden City, you are the perfect age of someone I wanted to talk to this morning. Larry? Yes, I am. I am 80 years old. Larry, I want, to, I want to ask you this. All things being equal, all right? Not that you would want to. Not that you have the qualifications to do it. Just if you would be able to campaign and run, do you think it would be a good idea at your age of 80 years old for you personally to run for president of the, president of the United States? No, and the problem is uh, stamina. At 80 years old, I have lost the stamina required to do that kind of job. And that's just to do the job, which is, you you, you have to think that campaigning is going to be, you're serving as president and you're going to be campaigning at the same time. Um, I know how many naps I take a week, and I'm nowhere close to 80. Larry, how many, do you, do you take naps during the week? I do not. I work every. I still work every day. Good I still for you. Go to work every day. Oh, I have a couple of companies. I go to work every day. I work uh, forty hours a week and do uh, activities otherwise. So I am, I am healthy. I am active. It's uh, just a question fine. of stamina for you. Stamina. Your physical body just starts wearing out, and to get on a campaign trail uh, for that period of time, a year or so, and then. Uh, and then actually do the job for another four years. Um, your body just physically wears out, and you sit there and think, I can't keep up. Larry, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You're welcome. EJ in Meridian. EJ is... Good morning. Good morning. Um, is going to be the same age, it, right now is the same age that Biden will be if he is elected president. 86 years old. EJ, thank you for calling in this morning. So my question, same same to you. As 86 years yes. old, as President Biden would be if he is elected again. All things being equal, well, you you want you know don't don't take into consideration whether or not you think you're qualified for it or you would even want to have the job. I'm just asking about the age issue because I can't answer this question because I don't know. I have never been 80 or 86 and who knows, I may never make it to 80 or 86. That's why I want to talk to people like you. At 86 years old, could you be president of the United States? Would you want to be able to, uh, you think you could handle the rigors of doing it? No, not mentally, physically, sexually, morally, (laughs) uh, garden work, trimming the garden, (laughs) driving the car. Uh, no, no, no. Those days are gone by, brother. <laughs> and Bless you. you know, it's time somebody, time somebody says, hey, you're past the age, big boys. Move on with the senior crowd. We Ooh. still have fun, but we don't run the country. Just our household. <laughs> oh, my gosh. EJ, I love you. Uh, <laughs> you better because I listen to you guys every morning. God uh, bless you. That's a Hall of Famer right there. Yes, it is. Boom. Thank you for calling in and uh, letting us know your thoughts on an 86 year old being president of the United States. Appreciate it. You and, are welcome. And EJ, th- thanks for being open and honest and appreciate you listening too. Mm, mm, mm. I love her. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the thing. She's 86 now. She actually sounded about 20 years younger than what Biden sounds like right now at at 80. Am I wrong?
<laughs> no. That was a breath of fresh air. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I don't expect a lot of 80-year-olds and older to call us because I'm not sure there are a lot of 80-year-olds and, and older uh, around, but I want to hear from you. I'm just curious because I can't answer that question. I mean, I see President Biden. I, I see and compare him um you know, in speeches and, and him talking to when he was vice president for mm-hmm. Obama and see a drastic difference. And, and I noticed a video, and you and I talked about this off air. I, I, I noticed a video over the weekend that I saw from him, and I thought it was from when he was vice president. And the difference, it was actually from when he was campaigning three years ago during the campaign. And I went, wow, that is completely, he's completely different in the way he talks and the way he looks, not just more gray hair, but just in the way he looks and the way he talks than he was just three years ago. Man, you know what I worry about more than anything? Kamala Harris? No. Oh. It, I was going to say in terms of how the presidency ages people. I mean, you see George Bush, Barack Obama. I mean, it just... Every president who's been in every, there. Yeah. If you every person who has been president of the united states it just it ages them because of the things that you have to make decisions on and just i mean it's it's a high stress job if there ever was right oh yes so I mean, you're, I you're just, attacked I, every day by i look at how it ages people and i look at joe biden being in that position and i i honestly do worry i i do and you know you have to understand that I don't really like the other choices that we've seen so far to run against Joe Biden. I haven't seen another candidate that I really like. I don't see any candidate that I really like right now. But why should it be any different than any other presidential <laughs> election, right? You're not wrong. The crazy the crazy part about this thing is, and, and I, I know it sucks when you think about it, because, you know, we're sitting here looking as like, wow, these... Really? This is the best two candidates? And there's more candidates, but I mean, the leading candidates by far right now are Trump and Biden. Yeah. Those are the two by far. It's not It's not even close when it comes to uh, polling numbers. And I know I mean, we're a long ways out. I can't wait to see change. that first debate. I mean, that that's going to be high comedy. <laughs> You're not wrong. And also the saddest thing ever in American history, watching those two stand up on stage and debate again. Here's here's the thing. I mean, this this could this is going to be historic. I mean, people are going to be looking back on history on this, say fifty, sixty years from now, and go, "Wow, can you believe the two candidates they had for president that year?" Um, you know, we, we we talked about Trump has already got the court case going on in Manhattan, which I don't think is going to be much about anything. Um, another case underway today. This is a civil Ooh, case. I've got a great one. How's this for a Vegas wager? Somebody's going to have this down. If it's Trump and Biden, first debate, I would bet $100 right now that Biden doesn't go. That that he would say, nope, we're not going to do that debate. If, I I would bet that, because if Biden said that he wasn't going to do a, a debate, he is the primary winner. And for it doesn't matter who he runs against, whether it's Trump right. or anybody else, if Biden declines to debate, I would say that would be the kiss of death and he would not win the election. Totally disagree. That one thing. Totally disagree because what can you do during a debate? Mess you, up. You either look 
really, really good or mm-hmm. you look really, really bad. Right. Do you want to take a chance at either one against a Republican candidate? What's the biggest question that Biden faces right now? His age. Can he handle it mentally? Right. If, if you can't, if you choose. I wouldn't put him on stage. If you become the first person not to debate in whatever. If you become the first presidential candidate and the number one question about you is if it's you're mentally more capable of doing it, then you lost the election. More That's and more my popular. Opinion. I mean, which, which is look, more popular? I mean, just look at our which own more? gubernatorial. That's good. We didn't see any debates. No, I, I totally get it. Because there was no reason to gubernatorial debate. Gubernatorial is 100% different than presidential debate. Why does it 100%. have to be, though? Because it is. It doesn't have to be. It just is. It's what's still impo- just one candidate trying to what's more important? boost their base. One governor of, a f- of 50 states or the I'm president saying, of all the states. My, I'm not saying that it's not important or that I don't want to see it. Don't, don't misunderstand. No, I'm not. But I'm saying if I'm a political consultant, and I have been from time to time, if I'm consulting this candidate, do I tell him under any circumstances to get up and debate anyone and what i am saying is not a chance i, I totally get that and okay. what i am saying you is, understand where i'm yeah, coming from then what i'm saying is if you do that as a political consultant the person in charge of the campaign or biden himself refuses to debate you are admitting that you are not mentally capable of handling a debate and not deserving of being president. Yeah, you could look at it that way. And would be the kiss of death. But you wouldn't spin it that way, would you? Well, you, of course you couldn't spin it that way. I'm just saying that's the way it would look yeah. to American people. Uh, it, it, yeah, maybe. 208-336-3700. I just like throwing ideas at you, Mike. Pound Here 670. <laughs> you like poking the bear. I do. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. Uh, we'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Uh, hang on. 208-336-3700. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 949, Mike in Meridian. You're 80 years You're 80 years old, right? Same age as Biden is right now. I am, in fact. All right. And so, I, I, I still work. I go to the gym four or five days a week. But my energy level is... Uh, dramatically different than it was uh, not too many years ago okay okay so question question for you at 80 years old sound like you're very very active um it sounds mentally you feel like you're all there my question to you same as the question we asked the two people uh earlier who were in your age group do you think you could stand the rigors of a campaign and also being president on a day-to-day basis and you're a great person to talk because it sounds like you're in great shape uh, no, and I'm frankly I'm embarrassed by Biden. I mean, his mental acuity is uh, obviously deficient. Uh, I feel sad for him because I don't know that he's actually in control. I think he's more of a front for a lot of folks, but I, I just don't know that he really knows from a day-to-day perspective exactly what he's doing. So I find him an embarrassment for an 80-year-old, quite frankly. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Mike. You bet. Bye. Bill in Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Yeah, I just had one comment about uh, Trump. Maybe somebody said this before. Um, if he runs and, and is the nomination, I'll have a hard time with that, but I really don't want Biden. I don't think Biden's going to be the candidate. But if Trump runs for the nomination and doesn't get the nomination, his ego will not get out of the way. 
and he will run as an independent, and he will hand the vote. He'll be the next Ross Perot. Yeah. He will hand the vote to the Democrats. Well, that's a great point. Interesting take. All those people who voted for Perot would have voted for Bush, and it's exactly what will happen this time. And um, while I like Trump, and I like a lot of the things he did, he needs to shut up (laughs) and act presidential. It's not possible. uh, You know, I think the COVID thing, he was destined to, you know, that's just going to be, it was like when LB, it's like when Kennedy got shot, LBJ was a shoo-in. You know, it just, it just, it's just the right. history, it's just the way it is. Thank I mean, you. COVID was Trump's downfall. But. Thank you for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. I think Bill's on to something. Um, email in, aimed uh, at us. I wish you two were more accurately informed about this Bundy thing. The deputy sheriffs that came out did not have a search warrant. Therefore, they have no rights to be snooping around. You do not have to own your own property to be entitled to those rights. And yes, they did try to arrest him twice yesterday, but they were unsuccessful. Now, you you tell us to be, you know, have our facts. Gem County sheriffs said nobody came to arrest him yesterday. Uh, None of them came out yesterday. So, I mean, that's coming from the Gem County sheriff. That's not coming from anybody else, mainstream media, nothing. Jim County Sheriff says there were no plans to arrest Bundy well, yesterday. They have to be lying because Bundy, they're not agreeing with him. Bundy, Bundy said he was yeah going to be arrested. Uh, now you have to have your secret secret decoder ring just like am and bundy to know what the truth is they go on to write uh bundy allowed this to go to a default judgment on purpose because he did not have the money to fight st luke's the judge should have issued a default judgment months ago but did not until now she has also issued a warrant for his arrest which does not have the legal authority to do so because this is a civil case not criminal also the sheriff does not have to serve any kind of papers to him but they often choose to participate in these types of things he has the authority to refuse and you would be upset too if you had reams of paper like that delivered to your property every single day pretty much for a year and then they start searching your property without a search warrant please do your own research instead of relying on mainstream media for the facts there's more to the story than is being told on media except here's the thing i'm sure there is we we didn't rely on mainstream media we played actual video or audio from a video of police and in that video they did not search anything they knocked on the door, and Ammon Bundy came out yelling and screaming Unglued. to get off his property. They weren't searching. They showed the video of him knocking on the door, and immediately they came. They dropped. They had two stacks of papers, dropped them on the ground, and left the proper property immediately. They didn't. They didn't confront him. They didn't do anything. That's from and they didn't engage video. him. They didn't engage him even. Yeah. So yeah, they they didn't engage him. Now I I don't know the rules in the state of Idaho if uh, police are or if the sheriff's office is told that they have to you know bring a subpoena or paperwork if they can refuse to do that. I don't know. It, it sounded like they tried to refuse it and the judge says no, you can't refuse this. We're asking you to go do this, and they then agreed to go do that. When a jo- when a judge tells the sheriff or the sheriff's department you're going to do this. Uh yeah, that's that's pretty much ju- the judge's ruling goes. Yeah, that's how and, it works. And, and process servers. I mean, there are other people than sheriffs that do serve papers. Process servers do it, but process servers, you know, don't have you know the the power of the law behind them. So I think the process servers, from what I understand, have said, "Hey, look, this has become really confrontational." And the process servers servers who are not county sheriffs. Or state, you know, the it sheriffs just, said we don't want to go out there anymore. This is becoming looks like you know, he's trying to put possibly dangerous. Stand off out on his property, and I think that's the horrific part. 
Thanks for being a part of the show. Rick, thank you for filling in. Uh, Maybe for I'll see you tomorrow. Chris Walton could be possible. I mean, let's cross our fingers that that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, if it does, uh, donuts are on you. All right, man. All right. No more we're Bundy. On, we're on a 20-hour break. Uh, no matter what, I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks again for being part of the show.